This is an Area Code podcast. You're listening to The Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Barnabas Piper talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. This week's episode of The Table of Malcontents is sponsored by Gospel-Centered Discipleship. They're releasing a new title in their GCD books line, A Restless Age, How St. Augustine Helps You Make Sense of Your Twenties by Austin Gohn. This book takes readers through Augustine's confessions to show how five searches young adults undertake in their twenties. Searches for meaning, habit, belonging, love, and work are actually searches for rest. The kind of rest that cannot be satisfied until we're satisfied in Christ. A Restless Age is a very thoughtful application of Augustine to the challenges of young adulthood and one that I would definitely encourage you check out. To learn more about the book, head over to gcdiscipleship.com books and click on the Amazon link in the show notes to get your copy today. Hey everybody, welcome to Table of Malcontents. I'm Aaron. With me as always are Barnabas. Yo. And Dave. I'm present, man. And we're not going to do our six minutes of banter anymore because we got a complaint online about that. We're nothing if not responsive yeah. to complaints. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know. You know, we, you know we, those hurt us a lot. They do, personally. Yeah. They, they almost down. hurt our feeling. So much Singular. that we're going to talk about our feelings for another six minutes just so this person can feel it. <laughs> so we can work it out a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's it's workshop time. And, uh, you know, we figured what better way to do a little bit of workshopping on our feelings than uh, to invite a invite a friend onto the a show. Canadian Perhaps friend. Another Canadian. I know. Canadian. We have two Canadians in this, this podcast. Oh, right. Canada. <laughs> Listen to whoa, those. Whoa. Hey, uh, maybe you guys should both sultry singing voice is uh, belonging to Daniel M., Daniel, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks man. for saying my last name correctly. Of course, yeah. of course. As opposed to what do you, what do you I'm, get? I was I preached at a church a few weeks ago, and apparently all week long they were prepping the senior pastor to introduce me, and they were like, "It's Im, it's Daniel Im." <laughs> and then that morning, Sunday is that, morning, is that like hypercultural sensitivity to yeah. the point of not getting it right? Maybe okay. I don't know. Mm. So that morning. That morning, he was like, oh, hey, and this is Daniel Eam. And I was like, yeah. no, that's not how you say my last name. Yeah. He's like, what? He like looks at the <laughs> other assistant. That's when you look at him like, I'm yep. Canadian. Yeah, it was like that, all that, week long. And that day, someone got fired. <laughs> Wow. That was great. That's awesome. Yeah. No, this no. wasn't a Harvest Bible Chapel. Now, this is like, oh, whoa, hey, hey, yo, hey, hey, I used to go to a Harvest Bible Chapel. Okay. Um, All right. <laughs> moving on. Uh, this is yes. a very intentional podcast today, though. <laughs> there's, there's feeling. We, there, there's definitely feeling. There's feeling. Yeah. Woo, All right. So, Daniel is uh, one of our teammates here at Lifeway. He is a uh, former uh, direct teammate of Barnabas. That's right. So Daniel I'm ran sorry. me off. <laughs> he could, we hired him and I left. Well, oh, that's right. Man. No, that's not true. We worked together for what a year and a half, two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was yeah. good. And then I switched over to the book publishing side from the Went leadership team, which is bigger where and Daniel better was. things. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's right. One could say. Uh, <laughs> one could say. Certain days. <laughs> could say. It might not say. be true, but one could say it. Oh, oh man. <sighs> We'll bleep that Let's out. Let's go later. back to thing you know, Canada. <laughs> uh, I like that you're going to bleep that out, but leave the James McDonald joke in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's never too soon, Aaron. Uh, that's true. That's nope. true. All right. Nope. In uh, his case, it's way too late. So oh, I continue. No, let's hey, not. Let's okay. not. Okay. Let's you guys not. should like put insert music for that now. <laughs> <laughs> and have uh, audience background. Ooh. Yeah. We might. We may just actually. <laughs> Thank you for that idea. I like that. Um, all right. So Daniel uh, is not only one of our teammates and a fellow Canadian. Um, so it's so nice to not be the only one. Yeah. Who's fifty percent here? That's right. We. Yeah. It's. Evenly matched now, guys. Yes. It's a one-to-one wow. one ratio of Americans. The Americans will be more yeah, opinionated. But, you know, Barnabas, you're pretty close to being Canadian, though. It's true. I was on a border state growing up. Yeah. So. But he doesn't speak like a Minnesotan. I can, yeah. but I don't. I, I don't. <laughs> you From don't. Minnesota. I, oh. uh, I kind of wish, I, I just once wish I could hear you go full Minnesotan. I can't go full for Without like a, for a lengthy period of time. Now, you drop me into the context and I'll absorb what's around me. It'll, yes. It'll start coming out. It's crazy. I mean, within a day of me being in Minnesota a few months ago, 
Oh, I, I started. I heard it a little yeah, bit. I started doing the diphthong. Mm. Yeah, Minnesota. Right. Yeah, because everyone's right. doing it. That's right. That's right. Is this six minutes of banter? Uh, we're getting there. <laughs> I think. I think we're about we're there. Oh, we're about just four and a half minutes. Just in we said we wouldn't, and then we did. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so as, which, as we do. What you need yeah. to know is, is we're horrible liars, yeah. and uh, <laughs> well. I blame, I blame Daniel for that, too. No. Well, we are always Canadians. Blame, always so, blame the guest. Uh, and we'll choose politeness over truth. <sighs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Hmm. hmm. We can explore that a little further. Mm-hmm. But here's mm-hmm. what we're going to do, though. Yeah, we're going to talk it. about um, Barnabas's favorite genre of books, uh, leadership books today. And I love them. Yeah, so much that he's like, I uh, yeah, from from running life leadership in that perspective to Daniel, but Daniel is our resident expert <laughs> in leadership books right now. So we're going to revisit this topic. We've talked about this many times. We have. Aaron but, has an opinion or three about this as well. I do. Okay, all right. We're to see how long this goes before we no, talk about John. Maxwell. We're going to get to it. All right, here before we go. Talk about John involvement with John. Here we, here, here we go. Here. Well, Dave is usually silent leader. whenever I rip on John Maxwell. So yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I, any of these authors I've worked with in the past <laughs> or have hope, to continue working hope, with in some fashion, I, I just don't know what to again. do in these moments, but yeah. <laughs> all right, let's get to it. Harry yep. Truman once said, not all readers are leaders, but all leaders are readers. Okay, now mm. that like goes I see is that a real quote or is that like one of those ones that we just throw different names on you know like I'm pretty sure um, Ben Franklin it and might have been Abraham Winston Lincoln. Churchill and it probably was Landry O'Connor Plato, Plato guys when I search Plato, memes yeah. I find Harry Truman's face the most that's yeah. it so we're gonna go with Harry Truman <laughs> the internet has spoken <laughs> the internet has so declared much. that it might, uh, have been, it might have been C.S. Lewis the, and Rick Warren yeah exactly oh wait that's a different one no Never the buck stops it here it sounds like a Rick Warren quote because it rhymes so that could work. But this is, but again, the, the, we've already revealed the inherent problem with leadership books in a quote. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. So, uh, but that's okay. Plagiarism? So, but no, 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 oh. no. But we're, we're going to explore this. All right. Uh, more like we're going to fill in the blank. Leaders are not readers when what? All right. So when they Ooh. do what? What drives us crazy about leaders who claim they are readers, but all they do is what? Read leadership books. And all they do is read leadership books. Yes. Well, you know what's annoying yeah. about this? All right. So talking about leaders and reading, right? Because yep. this quote is so prevalent. And yep. in certain circles, it's kind of like, oh, you didn't read that book? I mean, they wouldn't say yeah. it like that, but mm-hmm. it's almost like they just start rolling out books. So what annoys me are the leaders who pretend they've read the book. Ah. Or they've pretended that they pretend that they know everything that's going on. So they kind of agree with it or they they just don't say that they didn't read it. And then they start engaging in the conversation because like a lot know, of leadership right? books yeah. are, you know, there's that general knowledge tool. Mm-hmm. So what's your in, the, in that vein, Daniel, what's your opinion of the executive summary and a leadership's use <laughs> slash abuse of this thing? Yeah. Executive summaries are definitely you can't say you read it. No. Although I do not have an issue with people who listen to books, but also say that they've read them. Oh, yeah, we're Whoa. all on board yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We're all on board with listening, counting as reading. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're okay with that. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, completely, yeah, completely. Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, and I think there it, it's it's too much of a nuance when people are like, oh, have you read it? Yeah. And everyone's talking about, oh, yeah, yeah, I read it. Yeah, for you to say, actually, I listened to it. Yes. And then you start, I was like, I think that's why I do that. Fine. Yeah, yeah Fine. it doesn't really matter. But the executive yeah. summaries, yeah, that's, no, that doesn't count. That's there's, helpful. There's a whole yeah. industry built on that, too. <laughs> I know, a, sub, a sub industry. Oh, yeah, local, local people here in Nashville, too. I mean, mm. honestly, with leadership books, they can be helpful because mm-hmm. most leadership books should be about 20% as long as they are. So the executive summary mm. gets the 20% that's that's the distilled idea. Mm. And so Barnabas skips votes the rest. for it, yet he won't I, click Read on Goodreads. I don't. Oh. I, yes, that's a good telltale. Yeah. yeah, I I I vote that they're useful, not that you can say you've read the book. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if I, I listen, so if I listen to Simon Sinek's TED Talk on Start with Why, I have. Our I favorite. think you actually should count that as I reading have, the book. I have the gotten. Thing. I have gotten the concept. Whereas <sighs> if I read all 280 pages or whatever it is, like that's reading the book. One of those is much faster and more enjoyable than the other, and you get all of the same information. Yeah. The issue I have with executive I still book summaries. By, you can count that. <laughs> yeah. That's a unique case. One of the issues I have with the executive book summaries is that I don't think they're very helpful. They're 
they're too long to remember. Because if it's mm. it's if you read a book summary or review on a book, it's a page, right? Or maybe it's a blog post, and it's mm-hmm. an it's short enough that you can get capture the essence of it. And they're like 20, 30 pages long, right? Usually, the, sum, the, yeah, summary? the summary ones, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, it's but it basically takes all the stories, all the flavor, everything that makes a book memorable. It takes all of it out, and it's just plain facts, data. Yeah, and it's like, how do you remember this? How do you mm-hmm. even use it? Versus reading an actual leadership book, yeah, there might be, con- there might be sections that you just quickly glance over, but at least there are certain parts where you're going to remember it because of the context, because of the experience of the reading it, because of the stories. Okay, all right. You work with leaders all the time, so now I mean, we we have no problem making fun of a lot of leadership books. We've already named one or two, but. Mm-hmm. Are there ones you're like, hey, listen, every leader who's someone who aspires to be a better leader, they have to read these and why? Are there like one or two, three or four that you would recommend? You know, I'm sure you guys have mentioned a few of them. And I think if you listen to the five leadership questions podcast of which Excellent Barnabas plug. was the OG. Plug. Well yeah. done on the plug. Yeah. I like well, that. Well, he's That's the OG. Yeah. He's the I, OG. I helped launch yeah. that one. <laughs> Daniel's helped grow it from its humble beginnings. (laughs) So with that, I mean, Spiritual Leadership by Oswald Sanders is just one of those ones that just always comes up, right? Especially in circles like this. I love that Aaron has slightly less positive feelings Mm. about that. I have mixed feelings. That would be be on my short list of (laughs) of books, leadership books that every leader ought to read. Yeah, yeah. Mixed feelings in general. (laughs) Life. Mixed feeling. Aaron, mixed feeling. Sorry, I, I misspoke. Mixed feeling singular. You, you, Dan, do you get all the feels after reading it? <laughs> that phrase it's makes so, me want to yeah. kick a kid. <laughs> whoa, whoa. I don't know if you should ever kick a Leave kitten. the kittens out of it. Well, cats are no. All right, cat, 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 okay, cat lady, Dave. Uh, is it a cat from Captain Marvel? I mean, you probably don't want to kick that thing. Wait, is that? I haven't seen it. Is there a cat in that? Yeah, that's okay. It's, I didn't get the reference really yet. So that was Aaron showing everyone that he was like in pop culture and up with the times. Uh, and, I'm hip. Yeah. I'm cool. David doing the Macarena. That's it. Was that? That's all I got. That was. You know that's how kids learn the months. Circa late nineties, Doctor Evil. You know that's how kids learn the months of the year now. January, February, March, and April. Yeah. Boy, that this is why my kids are homeschooled. And I'm really, I'm really bummed this isn't a Very visual wise. medium because watching you two do the Macarena is a treat that uh, that only hey, Aaron and I get man, the benefit from. I had a, I had a fifth, Should sixth grade uh, sock hop this week, man. I, I had it so- on. Sock hop. Oh yeah, I borrowed Jeff Cooley's black leather jacket, man. I was on. Come on. And you slicked your hair back. There's nothing the, to the slick back. The There's nothing to slick back. No, um, I know all these all these other dads that gel their hair. I'm like, eh, I can't really do anything. You're like, I can them. look like Harry Truman. Yeah. <laughs> Speak of the devil. Ooh, good segue. Well done. That was really Speaking well of Harry done. Truman, what yeah. are your other key leadership <laughs> books, yes. Daniel? Yes. Speaking of number one, yeah, yeah, he's a great president from Missouri. Thank you. There yeah. You. There you go. All no. right. So the making of a leader. Okay. By Robert Clinton is solid. All right. Now, I, I, part of my master's degree, I did a lot of work learning from Robert Clinton and his work on leadership timelines and all that stuff. And, and then subsequently, I realized that it was made into a book. Mm-hmm. So the book, I think, is okay, but the concepts around it are, I think, are, um, are just revolutionary for a lot of leaders. Because a lot of leaders, you know, you're going to look at different examples. Oh, you know, I really look up to this person or that person or I want to be like this person or that. And and a lot of times it's it's sometimes, depending on your denominational tradition and, and your, yeah. your spiritual upbringing, they're really narrowed into one camp or the other. The cool thing about Bobby Clinton's work uh, is that he did, it was this massive survey of Christian leaders who finished well. Uh, and as a result of all that, it was like, okay, what are the gen- what are the general transitions that people go through in discovering their giftedness and their development and their talent? So I love that yeah. because mm-hmm. I feel like most leadership books take something that's a trend that yes. has, that has yet to be proven out over time and sort of speak to the merits of it. I mean, even even good to great. Uh, mm-hmm. Dave's favorite book. Um, <laughs> I mean, he had to write a book basically saying, actually, it was good to great for a little while and then not so much. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so a book based on finishing well or trends leading to that is, I mean, that's, there's not very many of those out there that I'm aware of. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a great, I mean, the concepts are a lot better than the execution. And that was called it. The yeah. Making of a Leader? The Making of a Leader. Okay. 
by Robert Clinton. So there's that one. to my list. Yep. Yeah. Strengthening mm. the Soul of Your Leadership by Ruth Haley Barton okay. is, is probably one of my more modern favorites. And I mean, honestly, I would. this is how I would put her. She's John Maxwell meets Richard Foster. Oh, so interesting. Deeper spiritual yes. to the, <laughs> the yeah, content. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fascinating. It was a fascinating writing it for him. Because uh, <laughs> you have right, the Richard Foster, <laughs> Dallas <laughs> Willard. I'm just going. The Richard Foster, Dallas Willard, uh, Henry Nowen, you know, the kind of that deeper life, the contemplative yeah. spirituality aspect of it. But then it's it doesn't just live off in the you know, ethereal, but it, there's the the groundedness of leadership, yeah. you know, that John Maxwell does really well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the cool thing is when you bring them together in female form, <laughs> yeah. you have strengthening the soul of your leadership, where basically she walks through the life of Moses and then she guides readers into, okay, how do you actually bring this from the head to the heart? Yeah. How do you actually reflect on this? Because I think the more yeah. leadership books you read, the more you just skip over the reflection questions and, <laughs> and the exercises. And I, I'm guilty of this too. But the way that she puts it out is it's kind of hard to do it because it's like, okay, pray this prayer. And it's it's challenging because it's like. You can't avoid that. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> right. And it's challenging because like I wouldn't, I don't pray like that. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just challenging huh. to think through and to be like, okay, well, why don't I pray like that? Or should I pray like that? So. Very mm-hmm. cool. I like that. I love it. These are books like I don't think we've talked about. I mean, other than. No. Uh, Spiritual leadership one. Yeah, we I, talked I think, about that I, one. Yeah, that's. Um, well, I think yeah. it's because because Daniel's bringing ones to the table that are not sort of your stereotypical yes. leadership books. I mean, the right most of the ones that we've talked about are ones that have been like New York Times bestseller, but more trendy than mm, yes. than sort of. I mean, you look these up and you can tell they've been out for a while. They have some roots, and they're yeah. looking at different aspects of leadership. I mean, one of them is the soul of the leader. That's uh, that's a very different yeah. thing than like the best practices of a leader. Yeah, which right. is what most books try to be. I think. I mean, mine. Mm. That's what it seems like. Yeah, and usually, and usually they have like a twelve to twenty-four month shelf life of relevance, and that's generous. Yep. yep. Love yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and as a as a pastor, I mean, my favorite one is "Brothers, We Are Not Professionals." I've heard yeah. of this one. Yes. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> I just had to but do it. Who wrote that? No. Yeah, the uh, something something Piper. I don't know, but it was uh, published by B and H. Don 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 Piper also wrote 90 Minutes in Heaven." Mm, that's that's yeah. the one. You know, I remember. Sequel? Yep. Yep. Brothers were not professionals. I thought that was a sequel to Desiring God. (laughs) (laughs) Desiring God and then spend 90 minutes in heaven? Yes. (laughs) It's pleasure. You know, it's like. Certainly better than 23 minutes in hell. (laughs) As as are most things. That's true. (laughs) Right when I started B&H, I was working on the expanded edition of Brothers Were Not Professionals. And there's like six new chapters. Wait. They Hold needed on. more? The, he, your dad added like six more uh, yes. uh, items to it. One of them was about working out. Say, you know that. Yeah, one of them was like <laughs> pastors needing to work out, you know, you know, focus on uh, on staying healthy. And I remember I was working on it. Literally, I was at Desiring God at the hotel, and your dad was on the elliptical next to me. And I'm like, like <laughs> okay, this is an action. Nice, nice, John Piper. There also, he doesn't use a ghostwriter, just, oh. just to clarify. Like that. In case there was any suspicion. Way to go, Barnabas' dad. <laughs> These are the important things. He does he does hit the treadmill slash elliptical and does not use a ghostwriter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Things you needed to know. Yep. Beautiful. Beautiful. And has not been uh, been busted for plagiarism, which is also nice. Uh, it's harder yeah. to get busted mm-hmm. when you don't use ghostwriters. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, okay, that's interesting. The integrity <laughs> Of the ghost writer. So you, you so, want to okay. debate on that? Okay. Yeah, no. Okay, so ghost okay. writing is one thing. Yes. But do does the does the individual who use the, does the individual that uses the ghost writer do they check for the integrity of the ghost writer beforehand? Yeah. Like, Ooh, yeah. like is that part of question. the interview process? Um, yeah. And how does that make it to the editing process? Because they're thrice removed, right? I'm gonna go ahead and say <laughs> most of them don't because a lot of them. Mm-hmm either don't hire their own ghostwriters, it's it's working through a publisher or an agent or somebody who's like, let's bring this person right. in. Mm. And it's it's sort of taking somebody else's word on their professional ability. Right. Yeah. And then there and then there are guys like this is this is 
actually not a criticism of Maxwell um, per se, but uh, he's he's very open about the fact that he uses ghostwriters. Um, yeah. But he's had long-standing relationships with the ones that he if uses. You have, yeah, if you he, have a writer who sort of works with you regularly, mm-hmm. then I mean that sort of solves the problem you're talking about, yeah. Daniel, mm-hmm. because there's there's a trust relationship there. And or if you have staff writers, so people who are you know like the Max yeah. Maxwell has a team of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, a lot much of like, pastors. Uh, James have, Patterson. Yeah. What's that? Much like Patterson. Patterson. Yeah. Which Patterson? The uh, like James Patterson. James Patterson. The, Which one's the, James uh, Patterson? the novelist. Oh right, I was like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. <laughs> first of all, the Patterson who shall who not be named, <laughs> um, because because he was a president of somewhere. And then you said James, and I was thinking the James who I named earlier, and you got mad at me for. I didn't so get I got named, very, I didn't I got get mad very at confused. That. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> what uh, what books? What are so if if a leader is a reader and they shouldn't just read those things in the leadership genre, what are what are other books non leadership genre that you think like whether it's a type of book mm. or specific books that you think are s- beneficial to leaders? Yeah, 100%. other than the Curious Christian, well, that's a given. Okay, yeah, all right, that's a given. Best, we'll best non leadership yeah, and no book silver bullets. And no silver and no bullets. Silver bullets. Yeah. Right into yeah. Good job, Daniel. Yeah, Daniel. Daniel Im wrote no silver bullets. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, <laughs> really, there's really. Also, your next one too. Yes. Which, uh, yeah. Just yeah. almost yeah. finalize the title. Yeah. What's the title? Pretty exciting. Can you can you reveal that? Are we allowed to say? Yeah, you can say it. Okay. You are what you do. Yes. And six other lies about work, life, and love. Love it. Ooh, there you go. So there's so your next you, there's you your are next what you do and six other books. lies about work, work life, life, and love. Okay. I like it. And the, yeah. the release date for that is? February 2020. All right. And who's it for? Who so, it's yeah. for? Yeah, who's, who's the audience? Man, it's for everyone who believes the lie that you are what you do. Hmm. Hmm. Right. Hmm. All the people. <laughs> all right. the people. All the feels. All the feels. All the people. That's, that sounds like America. Yeah. That's the difference, yes. though, is, and this and is getting Canada. probably a little bit more into In it. No, we believe <laughs> that we are what the government tells us we are. <laughs> government cheese apparently is good. <laughs> that should good. be the epilogue of the book. I haven't read it yet. I haven't wrote it yet. So. There, you go. there you go. I'm happy to write you an afterword. <laughs> yes. There you go. There you go. And also okay. for Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So back to the question, Barnabas's question. 100%, I think, biographies. Yeah. Do you have what are uh, auto yeah. or autobiographies or biographies? Do you have specific ones? Yeah. yeah. What are your favorites? Okay. I just finished Tiger Woods over Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His the, uh, yeah. massive. Is it an autobiography? One. No, it's a it's biography, biography. But okay. it's the latest. Yeah, be like, I don't think I'd want to hear Tiger Woods talk about Tiger Woods. No, it'll be. Yeah, it'll be like washed down. You know. Yeah, this one's who, good. Who wrote? Yeah. I I forget the name. I forget the. I think Dave's looking it up here. And and you know what? I mean. There, it is TMI in a lot of places. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. it was incredible to read through. I couldn't mm-hmm. put it down because Tiger Woods. I mean, he revolutionized golf. Yeah, yeah. he right? made golf interesting for like fifteen years. Yeah, and then, and then he washed out. But he's still up in the top twenty right now. Yeah, I but mean, I mean, he's still competing. Right, but I mean, like in terms of him at his peak, like I remember. So in in high school and college, I did not care about golf. I still don't care about golf, but at the I really don't the care about the, golf. Su- the Sunday of a major tournament that Tiger was in was appointment viewing mm. because Tiger wearing the red shirt on 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 a major tournament was like you just have to see what he's going to do. If he yeah. is he down eight strokes, doesn't matter. He might come back and win. He's yeah. done it before. So yeah, it was he it was made, very different. He has made everyone else on the tour a lot of money. Th- oh, that, that's completely, yeah. completely. But I thought what was fascinating with that is. What it took to make Tiger Woods. Yes. The cost, the value, all of yeah. that so, together. You get a great have view you guys of read, Woods, Have everything. you guys read the Jobs, Steve Jobs biography, yes. Walter Isaacson? And have you read the Michael Jordan one by Roland Lazenby? Not Jordan. Okay. Yeah. Because I, all I have in common. Well, I'd be curious. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I haven't read the Tiger Woods, but I'd be curious how it connects with those other two because I found those other two strikingly similar for okay. two, two guys who are, you know, the best in very different fields. And Tiger's obviously akin to those guys. Yeah. Yeah, the Jordan, I mean, Jordan-wise, he's brought into, and part of it, he's brought into Tiger's story. Because of Nike? Uh, no, because, yeah, Nike slash Jordan's influence on okay. Tiger and people saying to Tiger, don't hang around Jordan, don't hang around Jordan. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
Yeah, mm. but you know what? I mean, the biggest thing about this book, and and it's while I was reading, uh, while I was writing. Sorry, I'm mixing up reading and writing. I should hope it's, it's second not. time. So while I was reading, I'm going to try uh, that. No I'm going to try that with my uh, publisher. I mean, yeah. I read a lot. Does that count for anything? I'm, my manuscript is late, but you, I read it. Well, you, well, you two could write your next leadership book if uh, if you just <laughs> read a whole bunch of stuff. Okay, so. I was, it was one of the chapters I was writing for my book, the one that I'm finishing up right now. And the chapter was on the lie, you are who you raise. So Mm. I was, I was wrestling through the whole concept of you are who you raise. And I had heard about Tiger's relationship with his dad, right? Just hurt. And I was like, you know what? I wonder what that was really like. And if we could go a layer deeper and what was crazy about Tiger's dad Right. And, you know, we don't have enough time to go through it. But what what stood out to me most about the biography and and about his relationship with his dad was just how much his how actually the reason Tiger's dad raised Tiger the way he did was because Tiger's dad never became a professional athlete. And Tiger's dad, his dad, before he died, when his dad was like, you know, a few, you know, I think he was like 11 or 12 years old, basically said to Tiger's dad, hey, Earl, that's his name, Earl, um, if you become a professional athlete, like basically that is my dream for you. And Earl tried to become a prof- professional athlete, but this was like just when Jackie Robinson was happening and you know just there's there's so much dynamic and he was the best player on a, on a bad team that he never made it and throughout the entire course of his life he was chasing after one thing after another after another until finally his son became a professional athlete so it was just like and then once Tiger becomes a professional athlete you actually see Earl begin distancing himself because he realizes that lie doesn't satisfy mm-hmm. and he begins going after other things. I feel things. like maybe somebody should write a book about you are what you do and <laughs> other lies that people believe mm, about things mm. like that. Daniel, that sounds like a really good book. Somebody if only should, there was a pre-order button. Yes. Out there. <laughs> if only there was. Yeah. Man, no, maybe I, to I, come out early next year. That'd be yeah. good timing. The other mm-hmm. fascinating dynamic mm-hmm. in that is the fact that, you know, his dad went on to become a Green Beret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thus, what is Tiger Woods when he's in his dealing with his injuries after 08? Completely he wants military, to, he yeah. Debates. He starts hanging out with Navy SEALs yeah. in Southern California and continues to re-injure his knee, yeah. which never comes out official, and that's kind of what the book explores. But that, like, he, he could have recovered a lot earlier, and yeah. some would say, uh, if it weren't for additional injuries. So it's fascinating. I mean, the father-son dynamic, it's uh, And that's huge to leadership, yeah. the father-son dynamic yeah. to leadership. And, and I don't think we give ourselves enough credit, uh, or I don't think we think about it enough, because sometimes we think, oh, you know, you're that's counseling or you know you're talking about your past and but i mean it's a huge part of the way that we lead okay are there any other books that come to mind too that's great <clears throat> of the non yeah of the non yeah. of the non yeah yeah uh, i mean would our memoirs would memoirs absolutely. count as yeah, anything, absolutely be different than i think we should right? it up at this point i think anything like that's anything that's helped you yeah. as a leader so yeah. i mean because because you've been in the pastorate before you came to lifeway and mm-hmm. now you've done a lot of coaching you've done a lot of i mean you've kind of helped lead technological development you've done yeah. a variety of things so yeah. leading in different contexts so any book that is non-leadership genre that you found helpful yeah i mean the four the Four is another fascinating book. And that mm-hmm. was about, I forget the author, but it's about Google, Facebook, Apple, is it and Amazon. And Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. So the author, I mean, once again, colorful language throughout the book because mm-hmm. he basically calls those four organizations the four horsemen <laughs> of mm. the apocalypse. Uh, but it was fascinating to see just how much those four organizations have transformed the way that we look at in you know life yeah. as well as leadership. So here's here's a great leadership uh, principle around that. Google, this is what they found, Google has become the new priest. And that mm. people will actually ask Google questions that like they would never ask anyone else. <clears throat> what yeah. should I do? I mean like oh like like very personal private yes, questions. Very oh, very personal personal questions. questions. That they would yeah. never ask anyone okay. else. Right. What so, is, what is this rash? <laughs> yes. Yeah, no. Actually, completely. Yes. Okay. So, so, so if you're a leader <laughs> and you need to communicate, or you need to talk about, if you, if you're doing research or you need to communicate it anyway, trends.google.com needs to be your next best friend. Right. Because this, I, yeah. Because there's so much data right now out there that this 
this website basically shows you what is being searched. So going back to the the book that I'm writing, You Are What You Do, the premise is that the gig economy, right? The gig economy are things that everyone doing a side hustle, right? I mean, you guys are doing this outside of your jobs. We're making a ton. Right? Yeah, you guys, I mean, really, oh, I'm telling you. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, I mean, the fact you guys even have a sponsor now. I know, right? that's true. <laughs> it's amazing. So this... So, so basically, I bring that up because the gig economy, the whole idea that everyone's doing a side hustle or more and more people are having the side hustle. If you search gig economy in trends.google.com, you will see a huge spike, right? And it's not a, it's, and then, and then put in fidget spinner. And fidget spinner, literally, it's just a big spike and it goes back down. Yep. But the gig economy, you see it continuing going up into the right. So you'll actually notice as you communicate and you're like, oh, what about this? Is this something that's been around? So cauliflower is another thing, right? Cauliflower has gone significantly up. And, and you think like cauliflower? Well, cauliflower crust? Everybody's trying to use it for the rice, stuff. Cauliflower, yeah, right. They yeah. want to add something healthy in the unhealthy thing that they're already eating. Exactly. They want to ruin good food is really <laughs> what you're getting at, Dave. Absolutely. So cauliflower has never been a good ingredient for anything. Well, see, the only way to make cauliflower delightful is to mask it with something else. Which, for, yeah. Like a cheese sauce, for example. Mm. Or yeah. I was just, deep fry it. I'm yeah, looking at the recently trending on Google right now. Now, yeah. I, don't know if they, I don't know if this is customized to what I would be inclined to look at. Mm. But assume yes. Three of the top five are NFL free agents because NFL free agency is just opening up. One of them is Felicity Huffman, and that's because there's been a recent legal scandal involving. And then one of them is IHOP free pancakes. <laughs> Because I feel like they're just speaking to me. <laughs> is actually, it it's Tuesday. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. Is that is that a well, Tuesday pr- pancakes? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So the cool thing about that site is you see years in review. Yeah. What are the most popular search terms? But just, I mean, that make that your best next best friend if you're a communicator. And right. if all of that interests you, read Everybody Lies by Seth Stevens that Davidson. That one is yeah. excellent because that's um, all about data. Oh, yeah. 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 And I mean, the whole point of that book is is actually. You actually can't tr- even trust survey. You can't trust anonymous mm. surveys. You can't trust any of that kind of stuff. People will always lie. Yeah, always, always, always. The only people that tell the only place to tell the truth, Google, because yeah. that that's where people are sort of confessing their true opinions or revealing yes. their true selves by what they're searching for, what they're asking. So this guy was the first one, first person to use Google Trends and Google Data uh, for academic research. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because before that, everyone was like, "This is how is this a valid set?" And I, actually, this is like millions of data points. Yeah. And you, PhD student, how many data points are you Three, getting? Three hundred and twelve right. or something like <laughs> right. that. This is exactly. the most statistically significant data that exists. Yeah. Yeah. Which is amazing. That's wild. Right. What about you guys in terms of non-leadership books? Oh man. Um, well, I, I had a ton on here. Yeah. I'll just do a few. Yeah, do, you know? do a couple because yeah. there's, try there's to, a few. Try to limit the number of history books to like two or three. <laughs> <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. and So I know uh, so all right, some so, content in uh, Dave's heart right now. Yeah, it's in my heart. <laughs> I know. I'm not even like gesturing anything. I, I'm just I looking your, at you. I I'm, saw your heart give me the bird. Yeah, I know. No, you, <laughs> you, just, you just go on, all right? <laughs> Other than the curious Christian, um, I have got, uh, and you know, I had a few other people, in, including Brian Dimbosic. Mm. Oh, you said it right. Dimbosic. Dimbosic. The hardest, uh, the hardest I, to yes. spell I last name. I was going to say, yeah. just, we'll just leave just out all vowels. Oh, vowels. If there's a D, a C, Brian. a Y, a Z, and a K, and just skip the vowels. Just exactly. <laughs> He's Polish and I'm Kraut. So, you know, we're a good combination for fodder. Um no, Endurance, the Ernest Shackleton story uh, by Alfred Lansing is an excellent one, just on survival and, you know, calm leadership through um, a group of men facing death. You know, there's just something about that in Antarctica. That's a great one. I, I think it's one of the most powerful ones. There's a bunch on survival. I know you hate survival stories, right? No, I don't hate survival stories. 
I thought you said that a long time ago. Okay. I was like, if I did, I was in a particularly bad mood and or maybe had just read a really dumb one. Because there are I mean, there are are bad books. When a book when when a book gets popular, like it it usually spawns a cottage industry of mediocre books in the same Mm -hmm. genre. And I feel like maybe that happened with some of those. All right. I'm gonna do one of what here's one uh, it is history, uh, but it's when something goes wrong in leadership. Okay. The Indifferent Stars Above, uh, Daniel James Brown, um, about the Donner Party. I so, have had that one on my to-read list for a yeah, long time. It's so He's the same one who did uh, Boys in the Boat. Yep. And, uh, but that's just one of those where, I mean, for those who don't know the story, yes, that's the cannibal story. This is like 1830s or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and during that time, there's all sorts of westward uh, groups of people moving to settle in Oregon, Washington, California, and... There's a point you get on a trail where there's a few different directions to take, and there's leaders of these groups of people. We're talking like 100, 150 people. That's how big that group was. And and you've got leaders who don't agree with each other, who are fighting, agree to split up, and are listening to lots of different people <laughs> and are leading groups essentially to their deaths by uh, – uh, now, it's pretty uncertain going west period, so I'll give them a little bit of grace. But it's fascinating just to see what happens. But there's there's the negative part of that of making very poor decisions, taking groups of people to risk their lives. And then there's how they ended up, those who did end up surviving. Yeah, well, go that's eat, cool. eat your family. Uh, that's the moral of the story. <laughs> well, um, you, know, you know what this all reminds me of, that's though? A good, that's a good moral lesson. Thank you, dude. Yeah, I don't know. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> the, you know, thanks, guys. What's yeah. running through my mind as you say all that is Will Ferrell and Bear Grylls. Have oh, you guys seen that? I haven't seen that one. But no. Men versus wild. No, seriously. Yes, if you haven't show. watched that, oh, I love if you it's have so no, good. just YouTube Will Ferrell right. and Bear Grylls. I'm going to do that Men versus today. wild. Okay. It's incredible. You can guarantee that Will Ferrell would be eaten first. <laughs> well, of course. Of it's course. It'd be a nice. I feel like it's going to say yeah. it'd, be, it'd be very marbled meat, as they say. Oh. I feel like if you enjoy the humor of this podcast, you would enjoy that special. <laughs> Because I, it's I, basically I enjoy that yeah, special. It's basically Will Ferrell giving color commentary while trying to escape, and while Bear Grylls is trying to keep them both alive. <laughs> trying, is yes, the trying. Well, they they the have both survived, term. so yes. it did work. Yeah. It did. Spoiler alert. Well, they didn't climb up the mountain. I'm really disappointed now. Thanks, guys. <laughs> they just went down. Oh, I wondered how that would play. Yeah. Out. Spoiler alert. Aaron, what do you have on your, non- your non-leadership books for leaders? Okay, so I've got one. Um, I've actually got one on this that is one that I have I previously ripped on pretty hard on a uh, previous iteration of this podcast um, called Canada by Mike Myers. Oh. There is one thing in that yes. book. <laughs> is I'm so glad you brought this up. Super <laughs> helpful. So, um, so one... Just to reiterate my rant on the book, um, that it super ticked me off when he is writing about how, um, you know, all the all the things that needs to happen, the great hope mm. of Justin Trudeau in, in Canada, which, uh, spoiler alert, that's a train wreck. Um, <laughs> yep. We know so, a little, little bit about it. A good looking train wreck so compared sure, to the American. Pretty, I was going to say, I was gonna say <laughs> at least you guys have that going for you. We have a train wreck of our own without that. But when McLean's Magazine, which is a super, like, politically progressive magazine runs a cover story Justin Trudeau imposter um, mm. that's bad news there guys but uh, it's, it's all kinds of bad but this has turned into a Canadian civics podcast it's okay it's okay but I got I'm going to the point I'm going to the point so the point is he may um, Myers made an actually a very insightful point about about the struggle for the Canadian identity, which is that we have none because we're a country without a mission statement. Mm. So there's not a compelling reason. There wasn't a compelling reason for Canada to exist in the first place um, to become a. Yeah, just <laughs> shut up. Sorry, <laughs> that, That's the punchline to a joke, except you didn't like you just said it in all earnestness because it's true. And Canada's so, identity is not that of America's top hat. Cor- yes. Yeah, <laughs> correct. We basically are. We're it's just the desperate attic, to, thank you. It's a, we're just <laughs> desperate to not be Americans. That's yes. The yeah. only thing that unites us. There's no overriding culture. There's no. Mm. And that's one of those things that's really helpful for me to think about because it was a, oh, yeah, I'm not crazy for thinking that. 
Um, but that's that's a helpful thing that. Or you're just equally crazy like all other Canadians. Well, there's that too. But um, but the helpful part of it from a I'm just doing my part to be a smug American. I feel like this is setting the tone. You're doing it. <laughs> okay, good. Job. good. Just wanted to well make sure done. I was playing my part well. Thank you for living up to your stereotype. It's appreciated. Doing my best. Absolutely. Can so, you feel the love? <laughs> where's, where's my Bud Light? <laughs> how, how, how <laughs> let's, let's build a wall on that border, too. At this point. I really don't know where. Uh, I how about, you know, so there's the last one, last one, last one. Okay. It's uh, Slugfest, the epic 50-year battle between Marvel and DC by Reed Ooh. Tucker. Ooh. That one is fantastic. Cool. The uh, the Business Wars yes. podcast. Yes. That's, uh, that, that's is that series. what they built it off of? Is that um, one good? The, that those episodes were based okay. on okay. okay, okay. Yeah, the episodes yeah. are amazing. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. Business Wars is a little up and down in terms of which ones are good, but the Marvel yeah. versus DC yeah. ones so are really, really good. Those were gold. Yeah. And well, who, that show is called Slugfest? Slugfest. Okay. Wow. The epic, uh, inside the epic 50-year battle between Marvel and DC. Hmm. The whole point in that, the biggest take, single takeaway from that book is don't try to be your competition. Hmm. Don't compare yourself to who you're not. Just yeah. figure out who the heck you are, um, and may I would have said something language. stronger, but I might Watch have to. Language. Thank you. <laughs> Should I bleep myself this time? I think I might have By to. That means you. Yeah, you that was that was pretty strong it language was. for I know. a Canadian. I know. I know. Oh, just said, said heck. Oh no. Oh, sorry guys. Apologize. Apologize. Sorry, Daniel. Do I get to I recommend any books, or yeah, are we yeah, just going to yeah, listen to the Canadian talk politics? All right, uh, I have no Canadian civics books on my list, so Shame listeners, you're welcome. You. Shame. Um, no, to, the, a bunch of a bunch of uh, ones that I would have suggested have come up, either like biographies and autobiographies, history books. Um, so a couple that don't fall in that category. One is Rescuing Ambition by Dave Harvey. Um, Ooh, it's good choice. It's uh, I think specifically for people going into ministry, but just people in any context who are trying to figure out the balance between godly humility and having ambition to succeed and be great at things because there's a push and pull there and i think most leadership books tilt heavily into i'd say not very godly ambition so harvey does a really good job of of laying that out and looking at at spiritual gifts and how god designed us things like that so that's a really good one um and then on the sports book side, there's one called The Captain Class by yeah. Sam Walker. He he gives a criteria for how he picks the, the greatest sports teams in history across like all sports. So there's cricket teams and rugby teams and volleyball teams and football and basketball and like your major sports as well, soccer obviously. Um, and then he looks at what is the, the single thread that ties them all together, what sets these apart. And it was a captain of the team who is usually not the best player on the team. And so he gives this whole, it's like really fascinating stories, but also kind of data on how it all worked out. And so that one is, it's more leadership than sports, but if you're a sports fan, you'll kind of love it for all those anecdotes too. Cool. Those are my Awesome. Were there any other ones that were like, like we talked sports is inherent leadership in sports. Right. And I guess Canada, you're talking about politics. Yeah. I mean, I'm of course going to the history yeah. route. Anything that's like totally non-traditional. Any other fiction book? Yeah, we'd I, okay, so here, here's an here's an off the here's yeah. an off the cuff one, F- books by humorists, so like uh, books by comics because they have a way of observing reality that mm. sees things that oh, other people right. miss. The best comics mm-hmm. make observations that you've seen every day and never noticed, and so. There, there's an aspect of leadership of like if, if you can see the things that other people are missing. So books, books by good humor authors yep. are uh, fall in that category. Yeah, cool. Very All cool. right, Daniel. Any other, any others you want to add? I would encourage you to read outside of your genre yes. and read Ooh. outside of and and men to read from women. Correct. Yes. Because yes. I don't think enough men and read white from people women to read from people who have yes. other cultural perspectives. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like I just finished was everything very carefully good, worded. That was good. That was I good. just finished everything happens for a reason by Kate Bowler. Mm-hmm. Wow. I've heard mm-hmm. that's excellent. I haven't read yeah. it. Yeah. And it's not a book that I would mm-hmm. ever really typically read, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's a good one. Yeah. That's no, awesome. That's so awesome. Does any of you All think right. about? We'll put in the show notes. Sounds good. Love yeah. Awesome. Guys, what are we good. reading? What to do a quick? What are we reading? Well, there's we one thing we normally do before that. Oh god, that's right. We got to do a sucker punch of the week. That's right. <laughs> and because we have a guest, Daniel gets to uh, 
So this is the, the sucker punch of the week. This is the Jack Reacher sucker punch of the week. This is a bit. This is and anybody <laughs> related to books. So it could be an author. It could be a fictional character. It could be kind of anything in the book realm that you you just think deserves to be yes, sucker punched. It's, it's expanded quite uh, quite. It used liberally. to be fictional characters only, and we've expanded it into real life because Dave got angry one day. <laughs> angry. Man, you know. Well, yeah. It has, yeah. A, it has a book connection. 40 That's Dave. It. Yeah. This is 40 Dave. <laughs> this, I mean, not only am I Canadian, but I'm Korean, so it's like I don't ever go against authority or people. Oh. <laughs> Authors are not authorities. As yeah. one, as as both of us being one, we both know that we are not authorities on anything. <laughs> but also, as a, as a fellow Canadian, although not a Korean Canadian, um, I uh, <laughs> although not a Korean yes. Canadian. So I only have half of that. that yes, that that you're talking about. Um, I know. I, I know. There's a lot of there's a lot of punching that goes on in the heart. <laughs> yes, yeah. that Just, you never actually verbalize. Okay, yes. can, let me this let me is, let me contextualize this for you. Okay. Imagine this is a safe place. Imagine you were playing hockey <laughs> with this person, and they cross-checked you. Uh, so and who so, are you you, stick who in are the you face? going to th- drop the gloves and just go for you know go for it with from the book realm? Hey. Okay, this might Pure, upset. Purely on the hockey rink. Okay, okay. This might upset a lot of people. Mm. Right. Okay. Um, like in this room? Especially those who are reformed. Oh, and I'm excited. Yeah, this sorry. is. Sorry, we're going to bleep that word later. I don't uh, know if I should do this. <laughs> no, I'm excited. Go for it. it. Do it. Okay, after I say his name, can I can I give a reason why? Yes. Of course. Yes. Okay, okay, absolutely. You're expected to give a reason okay, why. Okay, Charles Taylor. Okay. Mm. A secular age. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the reason why it's I can't understand the guy. <laughs> so maybe it's just that I'm not smart enough. If you can't explain yourself well enough, you get a punch to the I face. can't smart enough. I, maybe I'm not smart enough. Canadian, he, I think he's Canadian too. He is Canadian. Yeah. Oh. So, so you want to punch wow, a fellow Canadian? Yes. Keep okay. it in the family. Okay. This is great. Let me keep going. So he wrote a book called A Secular Age. Yep. Which among many reformed individuals it's making this huge comeback and everyone loves it and yeah they're always talking about all this stuff and i started reading i mean i got like 150 pages into it and i felt like i was back in university mm-hmm. where you read and you still don't understand what you're reading mm-hmm. so i started reading other people's thoughts on charles taylor and i was like okay i get why the guy's so influential mm-hmm. and i love you know i love the thinking behind it all but man i just wish charles taylor could have written better Mm. Yeah, that's a good word. That's right. a good right. choice. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Daniel. Well Daniel wants to smack well the clarity into Charles Taylor. <laughs> wow, Dang, that was man. a strong. That was a strong. Well take. done. I applaud. Yeah. I'm proud Barnabas, of you. What do you got? Uh, for sucker punch or you for what am I reading? Well, no, let's just leave no, it. Let's just, just go with the one that sucker was so punch. Strong. We can yeah. only have one. That okay. was great. Uh, oh. Okay, what am I reading right now? I am reading. Uh, hold on, my Goodreads is loading really slow, and yeah. I can't remember what I'm reading. All right. Um, Do you want me to just jump ahead of you? Uh, no, hold on. Give me okay. one sec. There we go. I got oh, it. Okay. I'm reading – one of the books that I'm reading is According to Plan by Graham Goldsworthy. It's Ooh, basically nice. an overview of biblical history. Um, going through this with some folks at church, and I have to say I was not excited to start this one. I was like, this will be like eating a salad. It's mm. a thing that I know I will feel better after I do it, but I will not enjoy it at all. Uh, however <laughs> – Goldsworthy has completely surprised me with how well and enjoyable. Like he writes so well. Hmm. Everything you just said about Charles Taylor is yeah. not true of him. Okay. He is clear. He is concise. He he sums up his points in a way that feels very like the best sort of sermons. Mm-hmm. And and he and he he does not waste words. So he's you know his chapters are eight or ten pages long. They get to the point. He covers a key, you know, a key part of scripture. It's excellent. And it's not written at a, like, I don't feel like I have to strain intellectually to track with him. It just, he just sort of pulls me along. So according to Plan by Goldsworthy, hmm. really good excellent. and a great surprise to me. Excellent. All right. All right. I've got uh, Walker Percy's Lancelot. Anyone read it? No. I've only Did, read have a, you read The Moviegoer? No. I've Which only read like a little his... bit of Walker Percy, and I really enjoy his style, but I haven't gotten into it much. So I didn't like The Moviegoer. Okay. I, 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 it's funny. Like, that's the big award-winning one. But Lancelot I love so far. I don't know. I mean, I'm only like 40 pages in, but it's really good. So there you go. That's awesome. He yeah. has a unique style. Yes. It, yeah. I, I don't I can't compare it to anything, yeah. but it's fascinating. Yeah. Go Daniel. Ahead. Okay. So 
I don't know if you guys have ever talked about the Enneagram or you guys oh, refuse to talk about the Enneagram. No, no, no like, we're not, okay. we are not anti-Enneagram. Okay. Don't worry. We're not. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, my entire marriage, Christina and I thought we've, like, every other personality assessment, we've been opposites. But when we did the Enneagram, we both discovered we're, ty- we're both threes. I'm mm-hmm. three wing four, she's three wing two. And it's just opened up a completely different world of understanding just to, you know, our, us together, you know, individually. So we're uh, the road back to you. We're, our small mm. groups were okay, beginning cool. to work through that That's one by one. Ian Cron. Nice. Yeah, very it. cool. Very cool. Well, I am, uh, I am working my way through um, uh, Us Against You by uh, Frederick Backman, um, which yeah, it's is... a sequel to Beartown, right? It you is guys, a sequel to Beartown, yeah. the second in a trilogy. There's a third? There's a third one coming. Oh, yeah. man, you guys need to get a room when it comes to Backman. It is... Yeah. He's the new Leifanger. He is. He is. <laughs> And he's Swedish. Swedish. <laughs> he's got that. He's got that exotic thing Isn't going on too. <laughs> so, <laughs> end this now. End this now. It is phenomenal. Aaron, it are is... you sweating and blushing a little bit? <laughs> There's some fangirling <laughs> going on here. Dana's like, okay, well, well, I guess I should go now. Yes. I gave you guys till noon, right. and yeah. uh, right. it's, uh, it's now twelve oh two. So, uh, so it's a great book. I'm really enjoying it. I'll talk about it more on another episode. But, uh, but Daniel, man, thanks so much for being on yeah. the show. It was fun was going good. from a listener to being a participant. There you go. Thanks for what you do, guys. Thank you for yeah. listening. I didn't yeah. know you did that. <laughs> oh, real quick, and you have to say your uh, other podcast with your wife. Couldn't tell. Yes, yes. the in thing. between, plug. like in my last name. I am. Yes. In between not podcasts. In between. <laughs> the in between. Not the in between. In between. Yeah. In between. Marriage, relationships. Yeah, marriage, parenting, parenting. everything in between. Yep. Yep. It's it's really awesome. fun. Cool. Yeah, don't listen for me. Listen for her because Christina's a blast on the podcast. You're a good man. There you go. Well done. <laughs> good well Canadian done. Man. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Daniel, thanks for being on the show, guys. Thanks for hanging out, as always. And listeners, thanks for tuning in. Um, please leave your glowing five-star rating and review on iTunes, because that's what you should do um, after this. Do also purchase a book or ten from one of the links on uh, the show in the show notes. Specifically, No Silver Bullets or The Curious Christian. Those are the two best that were mentioned on Those the show. Those are the key yes. ones. Just totally. The seminal titles, you know, you if you will. You can also... Uh, you can throw in a, a purchaser 12 of uh, Epic, the story that changed the world as well, um, since that comes out in a couple weeks. And you can pre-order uh, Dave's tell-all uh, at some point. <laughs> <laughs> it's about 20 that years away, be, but I'm going gonna, gonna to get a link on Amazon. That's going to be the greatest. Yes. It's called Off Leadership Mark. Mark. <laughs> Should be pre-order, like written in 2025. Yeah, <laughs> greatest leadership book ever to be written. Be is careful Dave's. what you say. Today. So, <laughs> that's actually the title. So. Yeah, Dave's book is like Dr. Dre's forthcoming <laughs> album that's been forthcoming since 2001. All right, uh, all right. So, uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye. This is an area code podcast.